Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Voice First podcast. If you'd like to learn more, find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and every other social platform at Voice First AI. Welcome back to Your Voice First podcast. Today, our guest is Ryan Cody. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. First question for you. You just started working with us recently, but for people that aren't aware, why did you come and start working with our team at Voice First? Yeah, so um, I was actually introduced to you guys um, by one of your good friends, and he he showed me something about uh, what you guys, well, he showed me a uh, project that you guys worked on called Musicians for Alexa, or Alexa for Musicians, I'm sorry. And um, I'm a musician myself, so I mean, I'd I think that uh, that project is is really cool, really amazing. I think it's the future. Um, and so that really got me interested initially. Um, but what I really needed um, and the real reason why is because um, I need to grow myself as a programmer and I need to get real world experience. Um, and so I think that when my interests and uh, bettering myself align, it's always a good thing. And mm. I think that uh, was a really important thing for me uh, in joining. Interesting. You've, I want to say that again, finding an intersection of what was it, your interests and what you're trying to grow in? Correct. Yes. That's a very interesting intersection. What? Tell me, you got to dive into the Alexa for Musicians project. Yes. Uh, what was your most recent quest? All right, so that uh, Alexa for Musicians app um, already exists, and my my quest was to make a visual display for um, devices with screens. And so with that, I, I what I did was I made some buttons uh, that triggered intents as if you were to speak uh, to Alexa using your voice. Um, and so like one of the buttons said, you know, social media. So if you are talking to a specific artist and you click the button that says social media, um, it triggers an intent um, that you want to connect with that, that artist and Alexa will respond back. Well, actually the artist will respond back to you and, you know, tell you how you can connect with them. If you're a musician listening to this, you're working on version 1.0 and which is great. It has your album art and it has some words on the screen, but you can't interact with that touch display. Ryan, what Ryan just built allows you to actually interact with those touch screens to have another way to engage. So I'm actually curious because you're already at that intersection. You yourself are a musician mm -hmm. and we're talking about trying to onboard you onto this platform, but you're also coding and building this. Yep. So what is your perspective as, as a musician what do you think of adding this ability to touch? Does it, does it really fly on your radar yet? Or do you think that this is more like a behind the scenes change that most musicians won't care about? Uh, my personal opinion, I think that it's an accessibility, it's an accessibility um, function. So I'm not me personally. I don't think it's, it's that uh, big of a deal in terms of what the musicians think about it. Um, but it, I think it does a lot for um, people with some uh, difficulties, if that makes sense. It does. 
And I want to dive deeper into the difficulty. You, you, you don't think it's going to be a big deal for musicians, but how difficult was it for you to build as your first, this was your first project dealing with voice technology, right? Correct. So how was it to try to do your first coding project with voice? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, initially, um, it did feel like a lot and I, I think, uh, it felt like a lot because of my uh, background in coding. And I think we'll probably go over that later. Um, but I didn't have any uh, really real world experience. I just had, you know, my, my college um, education. And in doing that, I, I wasn't familiar with a lot of, of the intricacies and the, the things utilized in real world, real world code. And what I mean by that is, um, there's all kinds of libraries and other things that, um, you know, coders use to make an application like this. And really what I had to do is I had to go read up about it. I had to learn what everything does. I had to learn um, what every function does. How, how can I do certain things? Because most of the time code is written for what you want to do. You just have to go and find it. And I think that was the, the real big hurdle that I uh, jumped over when I worked on this pro project. And I want to say that that is something we've noticed. Samir and I have been talking a lot. Wow, Ryan is doing exceptionally at communication and at coding. Why is he different from some of the other people that kind of fall off the wagon at some point? Why are you staying through and enjoying this and growing from it where other people kind of fall off? And I feel like as we've talked, two of the things that come up about you is your curiosity and ability to ask questions and genuine desire to ask questions to learn and grow as well as your ability to work on your own, to not have to have someone directly hold your hand, but your desire to be independent. And that intersection of those two, I think have made you very effective. And I just wanted to pass that praise your way. We have, we've loved having you on the team because you're very smart. You're bringing valuable knowledge to the table, as well as the characteristics of being the musician and driven and you're leveling us up. I don't know if we've told you that, but you're leveling us up, but you're right. I do want to delve deeper into your coding background. So before this project, how much did you know about code? How much did you worked with code? Yeah. Um, well, thank you for the uh, compliment. I appreciate that. Um, so like I said, I, I only had my, my college um, degree in computer science. And, you know, I did, I did the, the basic um, classes, computer science one and two, did some AI data structures, um, database stuff. Um, and then I also, I actually work full time at a company and I do strictly um, behind the scenes formatting of documentation and that's all in HTML and CSS. And that's literally all the experience that I had in, in programming. Um, so I've always been interested in programming though. I think it's super cool what you can do with uh, computers. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really the only thing that I had and um, I, I think, I think college is very important. It, it definitely, uh, gave me some building blocks, definitely teaches you how to think, but in terms of real world application, uh, there's nothing better than actually just diving deep and getting into it. I agree. I remember taking a lot of computer science classes and then going home and thinking, is this really teaching me how to build the next Snapchat? I feel like I'm not building the apps that are really going to make me excited. Now you went all the way through with computer science. I shifted over to 
a different degree. So I think I'm in your dojo now and I'm curious how for people that don't have the coding degree Mm -hmm. for them to be able to jump in, like, what do you think you actually gained from the college education? What do you think came from getting the degree, the computer science degree? I think that when you get a computer science degree in college, you get a problem solving degree. And what I mean by that is you have to understand a problem or you have to understand um, a goal inside and out for you to be able to actually program what you want to do. And I don't know if that makes sense to you, but let me, let me break that down a little bit. If I have, you know, a basic problem, two plus two equals four, I have to know how to add, you know, to, to program that. Maybe that's not such a good example, but you have to understand the problem to get to the solution. And if you break down the problem mm-hmm. into bits and pieces, you get many solutions. Mm-hmm. And as you um, build up those solutions, you get, um, you know, the solution to the huge problem or goal that you're going after. Mm-hmm. Does that, I mean, does like that a, make sense? an ability to compartmentize and break it down. Correct. Ah, I, I, I know totally what you're saying. So that's that's a very interesting perspective. The, the skill, the skill that you learn in college is, is how to do that, is how to break down a problem into, into um, sections that make sense. Mm. And wow. I, think, uh, I think that's what the benefit of, of a computer science degree is. I think you're onto something. I'm, I'm working on a project right now. I'm exploring uh, carpentry. I'm exploring like building, right? I'm remodeling my bathroom right okay. now. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to do this whole thing. And at first I was like, uh, I, I know I want the bathroom to look better. I don't know what goes into this. I don't know plumbing. I don't know tile. I don't know woodwork. Like how, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. But in, in school you were shown, okay, this is how you set up the skeleton. This is how you run a function. This is how you uh, tweak your code. This is how you perform algorithms. This is what an if statement does. This is what a for loop does. And those are like your plumbing and your carpentry and your tile work. It's like each of those components you're being walked through. Hey, this is how you use this to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. I've never thought of it like that. Does this sound like a metaphor that's aligning with what you're saying? Yeah. And I would, and actually I would even go further than that. It's, um, how to actually apply the plumbing in your certain, you know, bathroom in your specific bathroom, not every, you know, plumbing, job is going to be the same in every bathroom. Um, so you learn, you learn the basic blocks and you learn how they go together and what, you know, what they can do. And then you can build in any bathroom that you want. I like where your head's at. And I'm curious of your thoughts on voice technology. First question, do you see since discovering voice, has it changed your perspective on the technology? Uh, Actually, yes, it has. I um, personally, I never really used voice assistants, and the reason why is because, well, I actually I would I would you know bring up the weather or, or set a timer or something like that. Um, but now, like getting into it, I think that what's what really is going to happen is that like it's going to get better, it's going to get faster, and you're going to be able to do so so much more. Than you're able to do now with voice and i think the future of it and where it can go is what really interests me and interests um i have in it now 
Have you gotten the Echo Dot yet? I have. Or is it still coming? It should be coming. Yeah, I haven't gotten it yet. Okay. I'm excited for you to start trying. How? So, wait, wait, wait. People might be wondering, you built and modified voice applications, but you don't have an actual device? <laughs> that's, that's correct. Yeah. I've got my phone with Google hey, Assistant. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I've got my phone with Google Assistant, but other than that, I don't have any other device. So how did you how did you do coding? Like how did you code with us if you didn't have an Alexa device to test oh. on? How how were you actually testing this if you weren't able to touch a screen? Gotcha. Good question. Yeah, there is a well, I'm sure Google has this too, but uh, Amazon has an Alexa developer uh, council. And I was able to do all my testing and a little bit of my programming actually in the developer council. Um, a lot of the um, things that you actually see I built in uh, you know, it's a, the name of it is escaping me now, the uh, authoring tool. Yes. Um, I was able to do all the programming uh, for the actual display in that. The, and the testing was actually in the developer console. I was able to um, get, get the uh, local code that I had on my machine um, running in the Alexa developer console online. So it was really cool. I was able to actually change it on the fly and it would um, update immediately. So it was great. In your own home, you say that you don't use voice technology right now. You're thinking about it as a musician and looking at this platform from the inside. How do you either, either I guess first question, how do you imagine yourself using this as a musician? Does, does this change uh, your view on whether or not this is valuable for a musician to be on Alexa for musicians? Oh, it's absolutely valuable for someone to be on Alexa for musicians. And the reason why is because, you know, you have a direct connection with, with a fan. And if, if a fan, you know, you, you have a direct connection with your fans. I think that's really valuable. I think that's going to be really big really soon people are going to want to actually communicate and interact with their favorite artists. And I think that's what um, Alexa for musicians is doing. Interacting with their favorite yeah. artists. Now let's dive into, I know this is kind of tangent and throwing you off of the plan. <laughs> uh, the musician, what's the kind of music that you make? Um, tell us more about you as a musician. Yeah, I, um, so I actually, I pirated a version of FL studio on my computer when I was like 12 years old and I just goofed around in the demo version for a little bit. And then, you know, after pirating saved, um, what, when you download uh, the demo, you can't save any of your projects, but I, when I pirated it, I was able to save my projects. Um, but, uh, you know, I started out making really bad dubstep music. Um, and I've since devolved into something a little bit more, um, not as uh, hard uh, dubstep, but lighter electronic, almost uh, poppy stuff. Um, just did a recent remix for um, a song called He Don't Love Me by Winona Oak. And that's actually on my SoundCloud. I think uh, it turned out really, 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 really cool. It ended up being a very um, ambient and um, chill track. And I think that, I think I've, you know, started to discover my, my own personal style a little bit. So. Mm. This is a personal note, but I am very interested in this trend of ambient media. 
right now, I don't know if you can hear it. I'm playing my Google Nest Hub and it's, I just say, uh, I'm going to call it, hey, homie, play binaural beats. And it's just these frequencies that will just play and it drones out the cars driving by and it allows me to focus Mm -hmm. a little bit more. And I feel like this quarantine is really accentuating the need for that kind of content that doesn't distract, but it augments the situation to allow our ambient environment to enable more flow states. Have you thought about that concept at all in the music that you're creating, or is this all just a release for you? And this is, this is a natural emergence of your form of art. So that's actually a really interesting observation. And the reason why is because something that I've noticed in music in general over the years is that um, people are, and when I when I say people, I mean like producers and artists are are actually putting uh, different types of noise and ambient sounds in their um, their music, and you can hear this all over the place. I mean, and it's crazy to 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 me to think about because you know when the digital age uh, came out. <laughs> I'm really passionate about this stuff, so I'm going to talk probably a while. <laughs> um, yeah, when the digital age came out, everything was getting rid of imperfections. So when you when you recorded something on tape, you got that that fuzz, that static, or um, even distortion if you if you uh, happen to bump the tape at some point when you're recording. Um, and digital was trying to get rid of all those imperfections. And suddenly you have now all these imperfections that you want. You want that noise. You want that static. Um, if you listen to, I mean, this is going to be a very drastic example, but if you listen to someone like Cone Sound, and they're an electronic um, um, group, their newer stuff has insane, what I would call textures in it. And it's just noise. Like you can hear just static fuzz. Um, I always hear like uh, like a... Um, a river running. Um, I've heard, you know, fire in the background. I've heard traffic, um, you know, all this stuff in music now. And I think going back to what you were saying, I think that, that people like that. I think people like to hear just noise because it, it, I think it's comfortable because our lives are noisy in a way. And just going back to comfort, um, just having noise in the background is really, uh, really calming for people. Interesting. I'm taking notes on this. The digital age was aimed to remove imperfection, but life is noisy. And when we remove this imperfection, we then crave that noisy. Yeah. Interesting. That, I think that might be one of my biggest takeaways. The digital age aimed to remove imperfection. And now in today's day and age, we're realizing that the imperfections are what make life yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, it gives a it gives it a quality. I mean, in terms of music, it gives music a quality that it, it's unique. It's not um, it's not perfect, and I think people don't like perfect. And and that's weird to say, but I I genuinely believe that I don't think people like perfect. Ryan, it's been a blast having you as a guest. For people that want to follow you, either in your coding endeavors or in your music journey, what's the best way for them to connect? Yeah, with um, you? my Instagram is uh, Cody Music underscore official, and then my SoundCloud is Cody underscore Music, and uh, Cody is spelled with a K. 
A lot of people just say, just put C, but uh, it is a K, so. <laughs> Follow Ryan Cody underscore official. And last, I'm going to let you send us off. Do you have any final words or final intentions to pass on to listeners before we end the episode? Uh, no, I think uh, I just want to thank you for having me on. It was a, it was a good conversation. Thank you, Ryan. I look forward to working with me you more. Well. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Voice First Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and every other social platform at Voice First AI.